This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Jen Piacenti. Welcome to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Sean Drotar, your host. You can follow me on Twitter if you'd like it as D-R-O-T-A-R. And the wild card round is here. Major League Baseball's regular season ended at a very exciting weekend with a whole lot going on. And normally these kind of teams that we're going to see in wild card weekend, they're not normally playing on the wild card uh, situation here in these rounds on Tuesday and Wednesday, but this time they are with major, major matchups. They're going to both be very exciting games. And that means we need to bring in our baseball expert, Jennifer Piacenti. You can follow her at Twitter at Jen Piacenti. That's P I A C E N T I. Uh, Jen, the rubber hits the proverbial road and wow. Right. We're going to start things off as we record this on Tuesday with the, uh, oh, you know, minor matchup of the New York Yankees against the Boston Red Sox for winner-take-all one-game wild card. I mean, if you're MLB, did this go any better? This is going to be such a ratings monster. Who doesn't want to tune in tonight? It's not really? going up against football. It's the Red Sox, the Yankees. This is a win-or-go-home game. This is big stuff. Yeah, I mean, obviously, very, very exciting. Both these teams, uh, 92 and 70. Uh, Boston ended up, fortunately, really, quite frankly, and I, I looked at it, and I think that they were really lucky to have the schedule break down the way it did because they were pretty wobbly in the last week or so before getting it right, very, right at the end of the uh, last weekend. The Yankees, of course, had been kind of churning their way towards making the spot. They both end up 92 and 70 in a race where they both beat Toronto by one game, uh, Seattle by only two games. So this has been a close race all year long. Uh, sometimes that's a good thing for, for teams that are entering the postseason because it feels like they've already been in playoff mode. This one is interesting. There are some significant injuries in this game that are going to change the way we take a look at it, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things to look at here. Well, first off, we should talk about who's pitching for each team. I've long said that the way that the World Series is won, the way that all the postseason is won, is with those pitching staffs. So the first thing you always want to look at is the pitchers on the mound. And, of course, New York is going to trot out their ace, Garrett Cole. Uh, they paid him a lot of money for this game. This is why they yeah. paid him a lot. Of course, he's the AL Cy Young frontrunner. On this season, he's 16-8 and eight with a 3.23 ERA, 243 strikeouts across 181 innings pitch. In his postseason career, and he does have quite a bit of postseason experience, 8-4 with the 2.68 ERA. Now, on the other side, Boston's going with Nate Uvalde tonight. 11-9 on the season, 3.75 ERA, 195 strikeouts. So not the strikeout pitcher that Cole is, but doesn't really matter as long as he can limit the runs over across uh, 182 innings pitch. So his postseason career, not not quite as extensive. He's 2-1, but with a 1.61 ERA, and that was in 2018 with Boston. Now, one thing to note is, of course, you know Cole is a stud pitcher. We know what he's expected to do. But Ivaldi is actually markedly better at home. His home ERA, 3.47 versus 4.21. Now, he did get roughed up by the Yankees earlier in the season, but that was a very, very long time ago. Now, offensively, we look at both these teams. Boston has been the better team, period. Over the course of the season, they've scored 826 runs. The Yankees only 711. And last month, Boston scored 154 runs, while the Yankees only scored 135. However, 
we must note that the Yankees swept Boston last time these two matched up just a week ago at Fenway. Man, there's a lot on this game. And every way you look at it, it looks so, so even. I mean, again, pitching on this season, Boston's starting ERA 4.27, Yankees 3.76. But last month, Boston was better. 3.91 versus the Yankees 4.19. The bullpens over the last month, almost exactly the same. Boston 3.92, Yankees 3.81. So I think it's going to just boil down to a couple of really key players and whether or not they get lucky tonight, if you will. I think that both the pitchers are going to be able to do really good work tonight. But Devers is the one that leads these two teams. Versus righties, he has 32 home runs. And then after that, Stanton and Judge are next up with 25 and 24. And as we saw, Stanton just absolutely decimated Boston just a week ago. Boston starters, though, are batting for average and not just power. Meanwhile, the Yankees hitters, look, it's Judge and Stanton who are batting 314 and 291. And then the rest of the team is simply abysmal, especially now with no DJ LeMahieu. They are not making contact the way that they should. Now, Devers, as I said, versus Cole specifically, slugging 667 with three home runs in 21 at-bats. And Kike Hernandez versus Cole specifically, slugging 909 and batting 455 across 11 at-bats. I expect those two players to have a good shot at getting a knockoff Cole tonight. Judge, on the other hand, slugging 609 in 23 at-bats versus Uvalde. And, of course, we know Stanton has just been generally really on fire at Fenway lately. We know there's no J.D. Martinez for Boston now. Urshela will be playing for the Yankees. There will be no D.J. LeMahieu. So, man, this game is even. If I'm taking any bet on it. It's for the under, the under of eight runs. I just don't think anybody's going to go crazy tonight, even in a hitter-friendly park. I think pitchers are going to dominate this game. And if I'm going to take a player prop, I'm going to take Aaron Judge for over one and a half total bases at plus 100. Now, the Yankees are favored on the money line here, minus 135. Boston money line has moved to plus 110. If my back were against the wall, I'm not saying this is the way I would want it to go, but if my back were against a wall, I'm going to take Boston plus 110 tonight. I I like all of those. I think some of these things you broke down a really good good reason to look at all of it the way you did because when you talk about the Yankees not hitting for average, DJ LeMay, who's one of the few guys they have that does that, the guy that'll that'll slap it opposite field if you need to to advance the runner, uh, missing him really really hurts. Of course, the Yankees are deep when it comes to power. And look, sometimes uh, in these low-scoring games, you have to get a little bit lucky and somebody just happens to get a hold of uh, that that hanging slider and sends it into the stands. And of course, that gives the Yankees a little edge there, especially since J.D. Martinez can't go for the Red Sox. But back to those pitchers you talked about. It, it seems like a mismatch to a lot of people when you're just thinking about Cole versus Evaldi. But get this. Now, Cole was phenomenal this year. Second in the American League in pitching war, wins over a replacement behind uh, a guy that we've talked about all season, Robbie Ray, who led the AL with 6.7. Mm-hmm. But Cole was at 5.6. Eovaldi, fifth. Fifth in yeah. the entire American League. This is a guy that had a very effective year. He just doesn't dominate the way a Garrett Cole does, but he's more than good enough to hold a Yankees team that is a very low average team uh, it, when it comes to batting average into the a spot tonight. 
night where they can't do very much. The other thing to keep in mind is there will be as great as these starters can be. There's going to be a very very short leash. The second there's any issue in a one game in a one game series, which is a Malaprop. There's no such thing as a one-game series. It's not a series. But anyway, <laughs> the idea behind the, these one-game winner-go-home situations is uh, you're going to go ahead and empty the bullpen because there is no tomorrow. So don't expect to see many of these guys, even quite frankly, uh, Cole and Eovaldi, go much into the second time around this lineup because that's what you want to do, minimize the exposure. I expect to see a lot of guys coming in and out of the bullpen. Uh, in a one-game show, that adds a lot of randomness to it, too. So I really like what you were talking about with Judge, the idea with Judge getting I mean, not a home run necessarily, but a couple bases, knock one off the, the monster, let it bounce down there for a double. Who knows what? Because of the power, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, in playoff games, barring something weird, I always take the under. Always. Pitching is so good. The managers have an opportunity to make sure that the bullpens have the exact matchups virtually every single time. That ends up knocking those numbers down. These are usually tight, close games that are low scoring. They're tense. And uh, yeah, I look at eight and I'm thinking no possible way. So uh, I like that one a, a lot as well. And I'm with you. The home favorite or pardon me, I should say the home underdog in Boston mm-hmm. has been the favorite all year. They've been the better team all year long and you can get plus money on them. Look, I, I have to, I have to take that. I think yeah. there is a, is a really good chance. The Yankees win this. It is close to a pick mm-hmm. game, but if I'm talking about a pick game, well, give me the team that's at home. Give me the team that gets the last at bats and give me the team that was better all year for me. That makes perfect sense. That's Boston. So we go into that wild card game. On Tuesday, and as we look at, of course, still a little bit to be decided for Wednesday's wild card game, where the Dodgers go to L.A. or pardon me, the Cardinals go to L.A. to face the Dodgers. The Dodgers with 106 wins, hosting a one-game win or go home. And uh, if anybody in L.A. thought that was going to be their fate, they didn't admit it because this was the year the Giants kind of came out of nowhere. Best team in baseball, and they've put the Dodgers somewhere where they don't want to be. They're super comfortable in their pitching rotation, obviously, as well they should be, even though Clayton Kershaw probably won't even return for the entire postseason if they get that far because there's so much depth and so much talent. Well, this sort of neutralizes it to an extent because uh, you can't really use them. You can't count on them to win this this particular round because you got one game, and then, of course, Using Max Scherzer tonight, if they were to advance, it gets their rotation a little bit out of whack in the next round. So Adam Wainwright takes the the hill for the Cardinals. Max Scherzer takes it for the Dodgers. This is one game. In many ways, that's the nightmare situation for the Dodgers because one baseball game has an awful lot of variability. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that the Dodgers are even in this situation. Uh, They had 106 wins on the season. That's a way to lose your division in spectacular fashion. (laughs) I've never heard of such a thing. They had a 654 win percentage. They are the second best team in baseball, and yet they're playing a one-game play-in. And it's, it's kind of unfortunate for the Dodgers that it all fell this way. But here we are. And we're going to get a great game. St. Louis Cardinals are sending Adam Wainwright to the mound. And the Los Angeles Dodgers, as you mentioned, will be going with Max Scherzer. Dodgers have not lost a game behind Max Scherzer. And he is the front runner for the NL Cy Young. Adam Wainwright, 3.05 ERA on the season. Absolutely resurgent as a veteran. 
just signed that new $17.5 million contract with the Cards, uh, earned every penny, and uh, his postseason career is 4-5 and five with a 2.89 record. So he does have postseason experience, as, of course, does Scherzer. You know, his season ERA 2.46 um, and his postseason record 7-5 and five with a 3.38 ERA. Now, uh, Scherzer is extraordinary whether he's pitching at home or away. It's actually slightly better away, but his home ERA is 2.3, so we'll take that. Adam Wainwright, on the other hand, has a little bit more of a dramatic split. His home numbers, 2.78 ERA versus his road numbers, 3.75 ERA. So we got to give the slight edge here to Scherzer. Bullpens, both very strong. Dodgers, the second best ERA since the start of September, 2.66. Cards, the fourth best, 3.10. On this season, the Dodgers have drastically outscored the Cardinals. There's, there's no question. Dodgers, 830 runs. Cardinals, 706. And in the last month, though, St. Louis has outscored the Dodgers, 169 to 154. Now, that's, of course, because of that ridiculous 19-game winning streak the Cardinals went on. But listen, this is how upsets happen. This is what happened with the Washington Nationals just two years ago. They were a wildcard team that happened to catch fire at the same time. Now, I have to say, though, I don't think it's going to happen for the Cardinals tonight. I think the Dodgers are heavily favored for a reason. I think they will get through this one, even without Max Muncie, which they probably will be without. Um, But I do think the Dodgers win this. I can't say I would be surprised, though, if St. Louis pulled off a one-game upset. Because as we have said over and over again on this podcast, on any day, Anything could happen, but I am picking the Dodgers here. They're so heavily favored, though. There's no way to make money on that. So the bet I'm taking is Dodgers to win and under eight and a half total runs scored in this game for plus 155. That to a certain extent is a no brainer because we just talked about why the unders are valuable in the postseason. And uh, now we're talking at Dodger Stadium. The, That's right. But statistically, it's kind of funny because people look out here where I am in Colorado with a bad baseball team. But a lot of the uh, the Rocky stats get discounted because, of course, it is essentially the best hitters park ever created in the history of baseball. And people overlook the fact that the Dodgers stadium is actually the reverse. Statistically, it's the best pitchers park in modern baseball history that takes away nothing from the Dodgers pitchers whatsoever don't get me wrong but certainly it tells me yeah to take the under on that one with two good pitchers and with a a park that doesn't give up that many runs Scherzer by the way had a 0.86 whip this year which was the best in the National League and it was the best in the National League by a decent amount and and Wainwright was not bad at 10th overall with a 1.06 but here's why I'm going to pick the Cardinals, Jen. In the last two games for Max Scherzer, you're right, they haven't lost a game where he's taken the hill. Against teams that were eliminated, those Colorado Rockies I talked about, bad baseball team, and the Padres, who were at least an underwhelming baseball team, one that did not play up to expectations. In the last two outings, Scherzer's gone 10 and one-third innings. He's given up 17 hits, 10 earned runs, three homers, That's a problem. And sometimes with Scherzer, as brilliant as he's been, this is a guy that can run really, really hot on the mound. Maybe as as much as anybody in the league, he is a a terror. The guy's a bulldog. Uh, He wants to strike you out every time. Sometimes that can get him into trouble. 
He looks to me like a guy that is pressing. Now, the Dodgers are so good that in the last two times they've had to pull Scherzer after after giving up uh, five runs or more earned in five inning things, they've still continued to go out there and win. But he does not look like he's 100% right to me. I don't know if it's – I don't think it's an injury, but I think his timing's a little off. He's pressing, whatever it ends up being. But if you were to look at any pitcher and say his last two outings, he hasn't made it past the uh, past the fifth inning, and he's given up 17 hits and 10 runs in that span of time, you'd be worried. And so if I'm the Dodgers, I'd be worried. Now, there's no way I would start anybody but Max Scherzer. I'm still doing it anyway. But I'm taking – the cards that to me is is a good one. The, you know the money line's roughly sitting at that plus one ninety to plus two hundred area. The Don uh, the Cardinals are playing with absolute house money. No one expects them to win this game. They know they're confident because they played extremely well. They have battle tested guys like Goldschmidt and Arenado. Uh, they're well managed. There's everything to like about the Cardinals. They're just not quite as deep or as good as the Dodgers. But they also don't have any of the pressure the Dodgers have on them. Uh, this was supposed to be a slam dunk, you basically get back to the World Series and get a chance to, to repeat type of year. Now they find themselves in a situation they don't want to be in, and I think there's a chance the Dodgers could be on tilt, given the fact that the, the money's that that good on the money line side for the, the Cardinals. And again, with one postseason game, that's kind of a pick em. I'm going to call the Cardinals in this one. I'm, I'm going to All right, go I it. like it. I like the upset. I mean, this is what happens in the playoffs. As we mentioned, this happened with the Nationals, and plus money is always way more fun to bet, so I like it. Yeah. I really and do of course, think the Dodgers take this, though. They may. The, I'll combine it with the under as well, though, just like you yeah. did, because then we'll really get that number up into plus with the cards. You're going to, you know, if you're going to combine it with the under, you're going to come out with a little <laughs> win. You're going you're gonna to have to buy me dinner, Sean, if you win That's that fair. one. That's you're fair. You're going to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> that this will uh, th- we'll see you're right the Dodgers are heavily favored and they're heavily favored for a reason but I just I've, I've watched those last two Dodgers games I did not like uh, what was going on with Scherzer and I'm just not quite convinced I'm nervous I am nervous I like but it. I, I like it a lot and I, I certainly understand you know if you're trotting out Cody Bellinger instead of Max Muncy that certainly doesn't feel as good for the Dodgers either I just think that bullpen's so good and they have such postseason experience I, I mean so do the Cardinals um, but I think ultimately they deserve to uh, go on and so I want them to go on even though <laughs> I'm an Astros fan and I shouldn't want that um, I do think they deserve it and I hope they do but uh, Cardinals also have shown a lot of fire lately so this game this is going to be a fun one this will it, be a fun game these games are going to be terrific uh, obviously it's really exciting to, to take a look at them we will be back later in the week of course to look at the uh, divisional rounds when we'll find out which of these teams come out of this round in the next two days. But boy, uh, you know, enjoy the baseball because this is as good as it gets. I mean, these are uh, four of the most storied franchise in baseball history and you get them basically on a night with no competition, no nothing. This is one of the times you can turn back the clock. Baseball is going to capture America's attention uh, in this, these two games this week. And that is, is exciting. You want to make sure you follow Jen on Twitter. She's at Jen Piacenti. That's Jen P-I-A-C-E-N-T-I. And Jen, all right, last thoughts. You right, have last, last yeah, thoughts. Yeah, if if I'm teams. betting this Yankees Red Sox game, yep. I'm taking Aaron Judge for over one and a half total bases plus 100. I'm taking the under on the score of eight. And I am going to go, I'm not ruining for the Boston Red Sox, all my Yankees friends. I love the Yankees, but I'm going to take that plus money, Boston money line plus 110. 
Yeah, I, I like the Boston one, too. And then you mentioned that you'll go with the Dodgers and the under to get mm-hmm. that into plus in that second wild card game. And that makes a lot of sense, even though I'm just kind of feeling the Cardinals. But I'm, I'm telling you, I understand it's a, it's just a bit of a it's just a bit of a vibe I've got. So uh, I have less data behind it. Than, yeah, so that may make more sense. That's why you want to make sure you follow her. If you do feel like following me, because you also like to go with the whole vibe idea. Not a great strategy, by the way, in general. Uh, you can follow me at Estro. <laughs> That's S-D-R-O-T-A-R, but nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? That's right. And you know what? When it gets to playoffs, every team is fantastic. Every team should be here. And you just got to bet your gut sometimes. I really believe that because it has a lot to do with momentum, a lot to do with heart. And uh, it's a lot harder to predict what's going to go on in the postseason. So if you have a gut feeling, you go for it. Sure. And in the end, hey, it's supposed to just be about some fun anyway. So we'll get back to it later in the week. For Jen Piacenti, I'm Sean Drotar. Thanks for listening to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network.